Hi, I'm Neil Moody, host of In Bed with Neil Moody. Today's episode is the first of a two-parter that are both being released today. I'm interviewing two sisters who grew up separately. LA-based editorial hairstylist Miranda Woodland and author, journalist Gavandra Hodge. My connection with Miranda and Gavandra is that I worked for their celebrity hairdresser father, Gavin Hodge, in two of his salons back in the 90s. I reconnected with Gavanda recently after 30 years when a mutual friend realised we knew each other and they put me in touch with Miranda too. My guest on this episode is the wonderful Miranda. Miranda's Swedish mother, who sadly passed away quite young, was a hedonistic model, living her life to the max, packing in an inordinate amount of drink and drugs. Miranda's father, Gavin Hodge, was one of the first celebrity hairdressers in the swinging 60s of London and he also packed into his life an inordinate amount of drink, drugs and sex. Growing up amongst his chaos, Miranda managed to forge her own life and become one of the most lauded hairdressers in the US. Her sister Gavandra, who is on the other episode released today, released her first book in 2020, The Consequences of Love, a best-selling memoir which examines grief, addiction, trauma and what it means to come to terms with the past. Miranda and I discuss her life, her father, and the book. Hi, Miranda. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh today. my God! Thank you for having me. This um, is so fun. I know it's so yeah. exciting. Just to give everybody a bit of a heads up, Miranda is Gavandra Hodges' half sister. Yep. Is on the other episode that is being released at the same time as this one. Yeah. And the reason being is that they both had very colourful lives mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. but they have very different stories. Yeah. And I originally was going to interview them together, mm-hmm. but decided, because their stories are so different, that I should actually interview them separately, mm-hmm. and then they will sort of marry themselves. When you've listened to this amazing one, then mm-hmm. you can go and listen to Cavandra's, or maybe you've listened to Cavandra already and you've come to listen to Miranda's, yeah. but you'll see that their stories are very different. Yeah. But my connection with the both of them is that yeah. I used to work for their father, Gavin, who was a hairdresser. Just to give you a bit of a heads up about Gavin, so he was a hairdresser from the 60s. Actually, quite a famous hairdresser, mm-hmm. really, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. he was, yeah. He trained at Leonard's and Ivansky's. Uh-huh. Apparently, he he claims he was one of the inspirations for the Warren Beatty character in the film Shampoo. Shampoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I have to say, based on how much of his story I know, it's quite likely that that's possible. Could be it? true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely could be true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, cause for example, Gavin, I'd say, for want of a better word, eloped with one of his clients in the 70s, yep. Jane Harry's. Yeah. And they buggered off to Marbella, was it? Back yes. in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Jane died from an overdose. Yeah. And then Gavin eventually moved back to London. But he mm-hmm. was in Marrakesh for a while as well. Yeah, wasn't he was. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Miranda, what I wanted to talk to you about obviously because mm. your story is very different to Gavandra's mm-hmm. and the fact that a you've got different mothers yeah um your mother was called Kirsten Kirsten yeah. yeah yeah how did she meet Gavin so they met they actually I think what I understood they met in Marbella right because my mum was a model she was there, I don't know if she was there on vacation or whatever, but they met and my mum was very, very young. She was only like, I think, 19 mm-hmm. when they met. She liked to party. <laughs> As we all have As, done. Yeah. <laughs> and so did my dad. So they, I think they just kind of like found each other and then they, 
decided to, you know, yeah. have me. So how that. old was he then when they met? Oh gosh, I think he was probably closer to, I want to say what, maybe like 28, 30. Right, right. And she was about 19. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. And then she fell pregnant with you, didn't so she? So she got pregnant with me very, very young. They, they had me and I think, you know, I was supposed to be this like love baby that kind of like brought them together and mm. would not make them do so much drugs and all these things but you know as we all know babies are challenging <laughs> yeah and the story yeah. goes yeah which yep. obviously you don't have to divulge too yeah. much but i was i was talking to Amanda about this yeah. fact that they said you were you were born pretty much as an addict in a way weren't yeah you? yeah i was because born yeah your mother was born. took drugs yeah. through her pregnancy yeah. i was born an opium opiate addict yes yeah. yes yeah and how did what did they do Sort of... So I was put in a incubus mm-hmm. when, uh, and I spent like, I think like the first six months in there mm-hmm. or something like that. And yeah, no, it was, I, what I've understood, it was, it, I was pretty sick when I was born. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of like a miracle, I guess, not miracle, but you know, that I made that one and uh, they had to change my blood and all those things. And I, I used to have a really big scar above my belly. Mm-hmm. I don't think that being born an addict in that sense, has scarred me mm. through life in that sense. Again, yeah. I think it all depends on what drugs yeah. you were born into the system with. But I don't know. I just know that that's... My mom never kicked her drug habit mm. in her whole life, so... Yeah. And then she moved you to Sweden, didn't yeah. she? And then they moved, moved me to Sweden. And then I kind of was like a bit like tossed around between I'd go stay with my grandparents I'd go and stay with dads at times and then I'd go back to my mom it all depended because my mom did like to live a very lavish life Mm. so she was very very beautiful just was always surrounded by men with money right that would like you know she liked a nice life she liked a nice life yeah and she lived that lifestyle for for a very very long time until like everything, when age catches up with you, mm. it's not as easy to be flown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there probably wasn't all the Botox and everything back then. No, was no, there? no, 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 exactly. So, yeah. uh, no, like I said, she was, she, my mom was amazing at times when she kind of like could mm. get her. Yeah. What are your fondest memories of her or your childhood in um, general? I don't really have many, right. to tell you the truth. <laughs> Fair enough. Because, no, of course, I mean, listen, I used to have, like, as I, as I remember when I got older, I would have, like, really good conversations with, with my mom about certain things. I mean, my relationship to my mother has been the most challenging, you know, my mm. entire life. Is she still alive? No, no. she passed away or she she died what is it four years ago now right drugs alcohol the mm-hmm. whole shebang yeah not pretty at all very mm. very disgusting you don't yeah. want your worst enemy to die the way she did but mm. again you know addiction had taken over her life and i hadn't seen her for five years because i had to make a choice once i had my daughter because mm. i always used to say you know i don't care what you did to me but I'm not repeating that with with my yeah of with my daughter so yeah you know but when you got a little bit older you came to London didn't you yes I did um, yeah and this I mean this part of the story is the bit that I'm always so like fascinated yeah. by yeah. in a way because I think yeah. you came to live with your dad didn't you I did because so my mom kicked me out because right. she thought it was 
enough now, you know, I could like do it. And I what was, age were you then? I was 13. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. So still really young. Yeah. Yeah. I then went to stay with, with Dad and Govandra and Jan. And we, there used to be three of us, though there was a mm. third little sister as well who had just passed away. Yeah. And I kind of was like moved into my dead sister's room. Right. And I wasn't really allowed to move any things around or anything. Mm. They just kind of like wanted it for me as a teenager to live, you know, and it was, mm. it was madness. And I mean, and Gavin was a terrible drug addict. Jan was dysfunctioning beyond. Mm. Gavandra was just a moody teenager. And I was, you know, a Mm. 13, 14 year old kid, not really fucking knowing what was going on. So anyway, so I stayed there for a little while. I guess the timing as well was because Candy had died about a year before. He died about a year ago. And nobody, yeah. Which is when your dad, Gavin, suddenly went back because he'd been NA and AA, hadn't he? Because when I met him, he was NA. Because I was talking to Gavandra about this, how all of his salons, he made a point of employing NA and AA people. Right, right. Which I wasn't, but most people were. Yeah. But um, the candy dying was flipped it on its head for him. I think it did. And I think it also the way everything went down. And I mean, also because he was in such a dysfunctional relationship with Jan at the time, Mm. they just should not have like stayed together. Do you know what I mean? They should have just let that go a long time ago. I came over, I started working in his salon because I don't know, it was like I needed to make money and, and then um, so which one were you in? Which salon? In Nicebridge. Oh, you were in Yeah, Nicebridge. I was in Nicebridge. So that must have been just after I left. Beach in place, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was there yeah. for a little while. Yeah, there was yeah. some... Uh, Neil was there and there was this... I can't, I can't remember who Greg? Uh, Greg. Greg was there too, yes. Yeah. And I and just... Was Teresa there? Uh, yes, Teresa was there. Yeah. But it was like so completely crazy because that salon, I think about that, you know, where it was like... You know, like the tint room, the foil room? Yeah. I remember when we had to go in there and like, you know, go mix up color and pour foil and all of that. And there was always somebody in there doing blow. Yeah. And you'd like literally be like, excuse me, can you like get out of the way? I need to mix the bleach. It was like this whole, and you were constantly like running between getting clients drinks Mm. and then making sure that they had cocaine or whatever it is they needed. Make sure that they're... The foils didn't, you know, but because did you ever realize that that people who do a lot of cocaine, their hair lifts faster? Does it? Yes. I never knew that. I know. I used to say that to people. I was like, if you have like any like yellow undertone or like really dark brown hair, do a bump of coke because (laughs) you'll go blonde much faster. Is that what you recommend? Wow. Do you know how to go platinum? I don't know. I think it's like the whole DNA thing. You know how right. like it travels. I don't know what it is, but it definitely. So I remember as a junior, we used to think it was so funny because you'd have all these like super posh women come mm. in and their highlights would like lift and like. <laughs> like bloody hell, it's She's like, oh, right. she's one of them too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. God, that's yeah. a new thing on me. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I never used to bleach my hair. No, then, exactly. So. <laughs> You're very blonde. I, uh... <laughs> Um, How long did you stay at the Knightsbridge Salon for? So I think I was there for about maybe a year max, if even that, I Mm. think. But yeah, no, unfortunately, they kicked me out too. So yeah, yeah, Jan kicked me out of there and I didn't. And then actually... Because didn't 
Gavin gave you drugs to sell for yeah, money. No, yeah, yeah, I sold a lot of drugs when you needed money. Yeah, yeah, it, which is I, bonkers when you so think crazy. about it. No, but it's yeah. so crazy. I mean, it's like it's sometimes you know I've spent a lot of years in therapy over these because <laughs> I used to have the, I used to have the hardest time even talking about it because yeah. it was like one of those where first of all I would get stressed out because I thought that why would somebody want to hear these like miserable stories if you know what I mean? But then also like because it was just weird, you know. It's like it's a very mm. strange. Yeah, no, like so. Yeah, Gavin. Gavin used to give me drugs to sell because he's like, that's that's how you make money. And then, so yeah, I spent many years selling drugs. Mm. Basically, you know, going to parties, yeah. stuff like that. And I was this like, you know, little mm. blonde kid that would run around. I worked in the salon in Covent Garden mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously there. Everybody was NAAA and Gavin mm-hmm. was. And then a cut to, I think, three, four years later. Mm-hmm. And I then ended up in the Knightsbridge one in Beecham Place. Yeah. And I said to Commander, it was like... To me, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Yeah. It's gone from, like, you know, everybody's super clean, so worried about getting to their meetings at the end of the day, to suddenly this, like, den of vice and iniquity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I obviously, I didn't know what happened in between. No. And I remember Gavin telling me that Candy had died, but it was just like, wow, this is nuts. And that was when I probably first probably properly met Gavandra. Because I'd met her when she was younger, but... At that point, mm-hmm. anybody who's listening and you listen to the one the interview with Gavandra, she talks about how her and all her friends used to come to the salon at the end of the mm, day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were all doing drugs. Yeah. And, did, and we knew this yeah. was going on as yeah. the staff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was a mad time. But... It was a totally mad time. And that's my only thing, too, that I think about sometimes. It's like, you know, me and Gavandra have talked about this a lot. Like, if you actually, especially now in today's world, break it down, I mean, he'd be in jail because he'd be considered a pedophile. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's totally. That's where the... Yeah. That's where it's at yeah he was literally hanging out with 14 15 year old girls yeah doing tons of drugs and god knows whatever this was our dad and there was it was also a completely different time yeah and that's the thing that you have to remember it's like Mm. it was a different time was it wrong yes but that's where we came from yeah what did we didn't know it was your normality exactly exactly yeah because I remember saying to Gavandra as well, I was like, when I met up with her over a year ago and we had a coffee and mm-hmm. the book had just come out and she said to me, you know, and a few people had said to her that they were surprised that she still kept saying that she loved her dad. And, yeah. you know, bearing in mind of what, when you look at what he did, like mm-hmm. you say, if it was in America, well, even here Even now, here now, yeah, he yeah, would, yeah, You know, anywhere in the world probably these days, he would have been in prison. Yeah. And she said some people had really struggled with the fact that she was, like, still loved him. But I said to her, you know, but at the end of the day, he's your father. He's your, yeah. And yeah. It's, that was your normality. Yeah. So it, it, he wasn't doing anything to you guys. No, no. The you one know. thing, too, that I think, and I've, I've thought about this a lot, is the fact that even though we both came from such highly dysfunctional backgrounds, we were loved. Yeah. Weirdly, you know, like, mm. there's not an ounce in Gavin's body that didn't love us. Yeah. You know, and same with my mom. Mm. She loved me. She hated me. She loved me. You know, yeah. it's like... Yeah. I think even though it was a lot of drugs and alcohol and all of those things, but you can grow up in a in a perfect setting for the outside totally. and be completely told that you're useless yeah. and that will almost work yeah. worse mm. than this, you know. So it was just a very it's it's a very strange dynamic, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. 
So you left the Knightsbridge Salon. I left the Knightsbridge Salon. And you went to work at Brinks and Hulk. Brinks and Hulk, yeah. Which is where you met my friend Earl. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I can't wait oh. to tell him that we're oh sat here God. chatting. Oh my God. I know so at the much from Earl. Mm. He's a fantastic hairdresser. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then I went to work there. And then, uh, yeah, basically we squatted. And then uh, I sold drugs. Where were you squatting? Oh my God, everywhere. I've squatted everywhere. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Fucking name it. Anywhere from like, I used to squat a lot in Camden. We were, we were oh, all these like council flats all mm-hmm. over the place where you would like stay for a while, move out. We lived, uh, we lived in the most bizarre, different environment. I mean, it was just like, it was, and it went on and then, we would you'd get a little bit of money at times and i remember we me and my friend at the time we rented a place in waterloo for a minute but mm. then the money ran out it was just like constant like yeah you know it's just and what age were you then oh god what am i here maybe 15, 15? right wow yeah, yeah. 15. So 15 and yeah. just spotting and moving yeah. about and yeah but did you i mean brinks and huck for anybody that doesn't know, because yeah. it's not doesn't exist anymore. No. I mean, I was there for yeah. two years as yeah. well, which I think was after you left. Yeah, um, it was such an amazing creative place. Oh, it was! It? it was so cool. I remember I walked in there, and I was first year junior. James Brown was the third, so he was like, mm-hmm. you know, showing me the ropes in a way. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very very and I remember Anne Marie Huck. She used to mm-hmm. have like the most amazing clients. I'll mm-hmm. never forget one day when Patricia from Sisters of Mercy was in there mm-hmm. getting a hair done, and it was like, oh my god, I'd like almost met God. You know what yeah, I mean? Those yeah. there was some really 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 cool people that would walk through those doors, and just the two of them together, they were so yeah. Not you know. Well, they, it's funny, isn't it? Anne Marie and Jonathan, who own Brinks and Huck, yeah. were almost they were so opposite. So opposite, yeah. In terms of personality, yeah. But that's kind of what made it work. Yeah, it really was. Like he was this like very like kind of like almost like straight, mm. you Quite know, serious, serious, square. Yeah, very it, really? square, very square. She was this yeah. like free out with oh, the fairies, away with the away with the fairies. <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. And then it's so sad that happened to him. I, yeah. I learned that many years later, but yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I'm really, really happy I got to experience that, and I was mm. there for quite a while too. And you know, it was, it was fun. That was a fun place to be at. So when you left Brixton Hut, where did you go to? After, next? after that, oh my God, I went to Tony and Guy for a bit, mm-hmm. and then pretty, and then here I am, like seventy. So 18, I'm probably like 17. I went back to Stockholm and I opened up my first salon. At 18? Yeah, 18, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And how was that? I used to lie about my age a lot. I used to to add on the years just because it was like I was too young, you know. But I think, again, like I just, my childhood got taken away from me. Yeah. Way too young. I was doing hair way too young you know mm. not way too young but i just started doing it at so by the time i was 18 19 i was like ready to to do that yeah and i just got an opportunity you to sort of bypass bypass yeah no i totally did i totally did in adulthood yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah no but I, I think in a weird way i mean i remember those that when i felt homeless i was no my whole childhood i it just got ripped away mm. just like left me 
Yeah. So you opened the salon in, in Stockholm. Stockholm, yeah. And yeah. then you actually ended up having three salons. Yeah, I had you? three salons. And then I had one, and then I had two, and I had three, and then I almost Obviously, like, they were successful. They were very... The, the first one was great. The second one was really good. The third one was just, I took way too much over my... Mm. You know, and after that, I just literally... Uh, too many hairdressers, too much drama, too much... Mm. I It was just too much for me to handle. Right. I was just like, I just wanted something else. I was ready mm. to like... Was Gavin giving you any advice at that point or were you sort of disconnected from him again? You know, it was weird too because I don't really... I took a bit of a break from him for mm. a few years too because I think as I got older and just kind of like... I, I don't know. It was just... It was always very, very toxic around mm. him and he was never... He had the best intentions, I guess, but he never followed through on anything, mm, mm. ever, ever. I think, yeah. like you said, isn't it, he... I mean, I could always see from an outsider that he yeah. loved his kids, but he just had other stuff going on. Oh, yeah, so basically. much stuff going on. And he yeah. was just like... I remember as a kid, you know, he would, like, go out on these, like, you know, benders and then come home and wake us up in the middle of the night and throw chocolate at us mm. and like be like Mars bars and Kit Kats all over the place because he thought that was how he'd show you love. Yeah. And I mean, as a kid, sure, that's fine. It's fun to wake up in the middle of the night and be fed, but you've literally been on your own for three days because yeah. nobody was there. So it was just a very like weird, mm. weird place. But So yeah, I did take a bit of a break from him. I just needed, you know, to, like, figure out my own stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, wait, did you decide to close the salons down in Sweden? So, yeah, I got rid of them. The The, the third one I got rid of and the two others I then uh, sold. Right. And I moved to America. <laughs> <laughs> Off to America. The land of opportunity. <laughs> right. I moved to America, yeah. So, yeah. Is that, did you go straight to LA? No, I went straight to Miami. Oh. Because I remember in Stockholm, I, at the time, I used to smoke a lot of weed. Mm -hmm. And at nighttime, around one o'clock in the morning, was uh, Miami Vice would come on. Right. With Don Johnson. And yeah. he was like always driving a convertible <laughs> over the bridges. And you were like, I want a bit of I that. I was like, this is a sign. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am meant to be in Miami. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you come from, the, you know, Sweden, even here, it's great. The weather's not good. I was so depressed in Stockholm. I used to have an ulcer 24-7. Mm. I used to drink so much Tums with vodka, you know, just to kind of like... <laughs> to get through. To get through. So, yeah, I just literally set off to America. Mm. Did you have any plans or were you literally Well, I, like... went, I went with a friend of mine, technically, and we were going to open up a sa salon over there and, like, start an imperium. That was the mm -hmm. whole, you know, plan around it. Mm. Well, things didn't really pan out that way. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of shit that happened with him. I think the problem was that I was madly in love with him. Right. He didn't know it. He didn't like me that way. Right. I think he just thought that I was like an awesome friend, awesome person. And I was just like... I don't know. Yeah. I was just... A, I was in love with him. And I've I just... i in that situation. You know, you just... I just... Yeah put all my cards in there and it was like, oh yeah. my God, I, I literally, all the money, all the money that I made from my salons, I, I gave into this account that we were going to open up. Mm. 
we opened a salon and it was just out of my league. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was like, all of a sudden I had like a salon in like Bell Harbor in mm -hmm. Miami where like rich Jewish ladies or whatever mm -hmm. go get their hair done. And I came from like graffiti salon in Stockholm. I mean, it was like, it could yeah. be more weird. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of things happened between us. And did you ever discuss with him that you liked him? I or was did, it one of those things no, that you I don't think I, to tell Yeah, him? no, again, I've always been that person. I don't know. I don't I have a little bit of a hard time really expressing, yeah. you know. I'm the same. Do you yeah. know, I've been in exact, I mean, not uh. to the point where I've given money for a business, <laughs> but I have been in love with somebody yeah. and never told them. I never told them. And then... It never evolved because they no. never felt the same way. It's a horrible situation. It's a horrible isn't it? situation. Anyway, so I was, that was also before, because I mean, I've been in America for over 20 years now. Right. It's, yeah. And that was when, before when you would like, because I, I didn't have a visa or anything like that. So every three months you'd go back, drop your passport get a new passport and re-enter and just be cool and pretend oh, right. it was your first time. Like, you, you, yeah. you can't do that anymore, of course. But no. anyway, so I would do that. But then I went back. I got a phone call from his new girlfriend saying that I didn't need to go back because they sold the salon. And I was like, what? Yep, sold the salon and I might as well stay in Sweden and figure it out. And wow. I was like, what? So, of course, I go back, I go back to Miami, and sure enough, the salon's emptied out. Mm -hmm. I can't reach him. Nothing is reached. And I had a thousand, yeah, a thousand dollars, all the money I had mm -hmm. left. Wow. That was it. All these visas. You must have been mad. Though. I mean, I, I, was so, I, was so, I was so livid. I can't even, like, begin to tell. It was just like, it was madness. Mm -hmm. Woman on a mission. <laughs> I did. And I was like, there was supposed to be visas happening and none of that happened. I no. literally, my whole shit that I've worked on all these years came mm. down to a thousand dollars, nothing else. I didn't have a book. I didn't have anything. Mm. I was like, I was a hairdresser. I yeah. wasn't a hairstylist. I was a hairdresser. And I was like, what the fuck do I do now? And my good friend who was a stylist, I said to him, you have to send me your book. So he sends me his book over. I had helped to do hair on a few of these test shoots right. that he had done. So I go to an agency in Miami with this book and I say, will you represent me? Mm -hmm. And they say, okay. They go, but you need a visa. I'm like, well, I don't have a visa. She goes, okay, well, I'm going to book you on this German catalog for five days and you have to do hair and makeup. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like where you're like googling you yeah. know like google down the information i did the job and i got paid i think like two thousand dollars for the five the days whole thing. Yeah. and that paid for my visa wow. and that's how i got a three-year visa wow and then the rest just the rest is history well really you just need. fucking make it happen yeah so you stayed then obviously miami with a visa well i, I did i got my visa but then i started going to new york so then right. it was like, all of a sudden, New York became way more. And then, you know, I started meeting people, mm. you know, photographers, that whole way. But it's funny because when I look at my career now as a hairdresser, because I never assisted anybody. Mm. Me neither. Yeah. 
which mm. a lot of people do. They always love to say, which team are you, Guido, yeah. or Eugene? Like, mm. which team did you come from? I never came from any teams. Yeah. I literally just Your came from team. me, my yeah. own team. Team Miranda. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, I always known that I'm good at what I do. Mm -hmm. So if I just keep doing good work, good stuff will happen. That's yeah. always been my attitude. So, mm. yeah. But yeah. So did you move to New York? Or did yes, you, I yeah. did. I did. I did move to New York. So I was there. I would do New York and then I would do Miami and then New York, Miami. And then I was there for like six years mm. and then went back to Sweden for the summer. And that was like on the seventh year or something like that. And so when was that? Just just a bit of a timeline. Oh, gosh. Uh, so that would have been. Well, my daughter's 13 now. So I have been in L.A. for 13 years. So that would be maybe. 15 years ago then right. I went right. back mm -hmm. and that's when I then met her dad right. my daughter's dad and then we went to New York for a while and then we uh, together ended up moving to right. to Los Angeles ah, yeah okay yeah. and so and you've been in Los Angeles ever since I've been in LA ever since I've mm. been in LA for now well I was there six and so I've been there 14 years now yeah yeah whereabouts are you in LA in Silver Lake <laughs> amazing <laughs> I love LA. Do you I know do. what I yeah. have to say? Yeah. I, when I was living in New York, I used yeah. to be like, oh, I don't know how people live in LA. Because yeah. I've got a couple of friends who live yeah. there, one of them British. Yeah. And she loves it there. Yeah. And I was always like, now, these days, if somebody said to me, you had to move back to America, yeah. you've got no choice, yeah. I would go to LA. Yeah. Because the lifestyle yeah. is so much no, it's great. better. Yeah. I mean, the thought of moving to New York and living like a battery chicken yeah, again. Yeah, I know. In one of those apartment blocks, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't do it. I mean, I know a lot of people now, when I moved to New York, people weren't living in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. No, and, no, no, you know, no. talking about Greenpoint and all the rest yeah. of it. It was, you lived in Manhattan. Yeah. But, and to me, if I went back to New York, I wouldn't want to live in Brooklyn. No, You know no. what I mean? Because that's not New York no. to me. I would definitely go and live in LA. Yeah. For sure. So in LA, obviously, you had your daughter. Had my daughter, yeah, yeah. From that point on, how did that change your life again, having her? I think it was like, I always wanted to have one child. Right. And out of 100% just, I guess, by selfishness, because mm -hmm. I don't really have a family. Right. You know, of course I have Gavandra, she's my sister, but we don't really have a big family like that. And yeah. I like literally thought to myself, well, somebody needs to fucking check in on me when I'm old. So I need to at least have <laughs> yes, one child. Yeah. So it's super hard. It's, it, was, it, it was so freaking hard. Also because I'm, I don't really like kids very much. Right. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's like, yeah. you, learn, it's like you learn to like, yeah, you know, absolutely amazing. And mm. she's 13. And I learn from her every day. Are you with the father anymore? No, we're no. not together, but no. we're like best friends. It's mm -hmm. like, it's it's so easy. We're, we're such good co-parents. And uh, she's, she is the coolest thing in my life, mm. you know? And she's just, just seeing her grow up. And she, like I said, she educates me mm -hmm. on, on the world and her point of views and all of that. So, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, and I, a lot of times I find myself having to a little bit check myself because the age that she's at now and when I was her age, it couldn't be more different, oh God, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm. And I didn't want her to feel like, oh, well, I had it this way. So, la, 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 you know, my past is my past. Yeah. Her future is her future. And, yeah. you know, but, um, I mean, it 
it did. It, of course, it it changed me a lot to the point where you have something to live for differently. You know what I yeah, mean? It's not yeah. like it's it just it. So it definitely yeah. changed. But does she now at her age? Does she know about your? Childhood? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. How was how did she react when you first told her? I think it's like a. It's like I am very honest. Yeah. Because I come from such brutal honesty that I can't really be any other way. Mm. So I have a little bit of a hard time with people who have a lot of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think also doing what we do, we have an in, insane gut feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, the yeah. gut feeling is where you built and and that's and then when you feel that bullshit, mm. oof, it's hard. Yeah. It's re it's really really hard to go past. So with her I'm just like super honest. I'm like listen, you know, you're 13, you can't do drugs because, I don't know, you don't know if, if you have a very mm. addictive personality or not. Mm -hmm. Who knows where your genes are? And at, lo at least when you're older, you'll be able to have better tools yeah. to deal with it. But mm. no, 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 I'm super, super honest. Yeah. And at what point did you reconnect with Gavandra again? So we kind of found each other after dad died. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And had you seen him before then? So when Bieber was a baby, I went to spend three days with him at his flat. And mm. I'm so grateful I did. But it was a very, very hard decision for me to do because mm. it was like, you know, his living situations were quite questionable. Yeah. But I also kind of needed to end that chapter. So mm -hmm. I did that and I got to see him and be in his, you know, and I got he gave me this necklace, you know, the one that all his girlfriends used to wear around their waist. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's what I got. <laughs> I'm looking at the necklace right now. I thought you can't see it. No, anyway. Yeah, and then me and Gavandra kind of like found each other. And, you know, we we definitely like would bond a lot over the things that happened to us. And which was really amazing was because all of a sudden my memories could be, she, she could like say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Because you know how sometimes memories can get blurry. Mm. You know, mm. you don't know, did they happen or what, did I see in the picture or yeah. what is really. And all of a sudden, all the pieces kind of like started mm. fitting together again. So. Yeah. Because Gavandra was telling me how there were certain bits, especially when she started to write the book. Yeah. She was like, God, I can't remember yeah. that. Yeah. Or And I remember even when I met her, she was like, God, Neil, who? I was telling her names of people. That yeah. worked at the salon. She was yeah. like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, obviously she wrote the book and it's been really successful. How yeah. did you feel about it when you read it? I I mean... As her sister. As, as her, her sister. What a life, mm. you know, like, and, and, you know, I see that little girl. And I remember seeing that little girl being in those rooms with these people. I know who these people are yeah. that used to come around to the apartment, you yeah. know, and sit there and like, chase the dragon or whatever they were doing mm -hmm. and like the energy i remember the energy i remember the smell you mm. know and i guess the difference is and i say that me and Gavanda talk about this too like yeah they kicked me to the streets mm -hmm. she had to stay there yeah you know she was in that mm. environment yeah they had a little girl in the room where they're all getting high out of their minds mm. and she the thought of her, you know, just having to, like, stay awake at night mm. so the house would have burned down. Yeah. I mean, that anxiety... She pretty much, in a way, kept them alive, didn't she? She did keep them alive, but can yeah. you imagine that anxiety on a little person like that? It's yeah. just like, yeah. you know, like I said, so for me, it was different. Okay, I didn't have a home. I didn't have any stability. 
I had to create that for myself. I mean, was it rough? Fuck yeah. Mm. It was super rough. Yeah. So I think her book is just an amazing story and her life, you mm. know. It's kind of amazing that we both came from those types of environments. But like I said, she's super successful doing her thing and I'm off doing my thing. Yeah. You know? What's so amazing about the both of you actually is that out of all that you came both came from yeah. in different ways, you both become very successful, which I think obviously is uh, congratulations to both of you yeah. for that because, I mean, fuck, it so could have not been like yeah. that, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, to have that and the two of you are both mm -hmm. successful is mm -hmm. amazing, really. But it also shows both your strength of characters, mm -hmm. each of you individually. Mm -hmm. You know, which is amazing. And I have to say, I feel quite honoured that I know you both. Oh, I love that. That's so nice. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, and also, obviously, we have a bit of a connection because we're hairdressers. Hairdressers, of course. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I know yeah. you've got some funny stories from yeah. LA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you have some funny stories. Oh, I've stuff. got a few. You know, we don't yeah. have to talk about them on here. But um, Ross, who connected us yeah. up in the first yeah. place, he was saying to me, oh, my God, Miranda, you've got to sit and listen to some of her stories. Oh, my God, he's so but funny. In terms of your hairdressing yeah. career now, yeah. do you, you work with quite a few celebrities and singers and things, don't you? Well, I do. It's so funny because I think that my career has always been a little bit like... I never wanted to put all my eggs in one basket, if you know what I mean, mm. totally. But, I mean, I really started doing music videos. Right. That's really also where... When they still play where they, You know, yeah, where yeah. it was like... That world, I mean, like music, fashion, that was my thing. Yeah. I mean, that was that combination together. Mm. So come on, which ones have you done before we carry on? <laughs> <laughs> as far as music videos yeah. go. Yeah. Oh my God, I've done, uh, I've done a lot. I did a lot of videos with Jonas Arkeland. We did... Oh, I've worked with Jonas. Oh, you did? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. What did you do? What, what, I'm trying to remember yeah. now what I did. Yeah. God, I can't remember offhand. Yeah. Can't remember, but I have worked with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked. I did a lot of jobs with him, and like I said, that whole like music world. And and I think what happened though was like I just really wanted to do fashion. That was mm. like my passion was like doing those yeah. like and you know. And then throughout the years, I've just had like amazing. You know, I've worked with some fantastic people. Mm. You know, and I've been part of those. What's your most? What's your proudest moments? Would you say as a hairdresser? I used to work a lot with this photographer, Mark Segal. Mm -hmm. I've worked with him as well. Yeah, I used yeah. to work with him for years. And I think he's the one that got me. He's actually the one that kind of like put my name, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. But he's the one that introduced me to like the George Katinas. He's the one that introduced me to like Terry Richardson. And I worked with Terry for years. He was the one that kind of like, you know, put me in touch with that. The way he would shoot and I would touch hair and he was able to get that mm. feeling. feeling. Yeah. It is like a dance in your heart mm -hmm. that is priceless. Yeah. When everything just comes together. Mm. That is, I guess, what I'm constantly still looking for. You know, mm. that organic. Yeah. The beauty. Mm. I remember when I got confirmed to do a Dazed and Confused cover with Coda Fanning that mm -hmm. he shot. That was like... We did interview Carol with Cat Powers. I mean, just those like 
where you knew that the imagery just spoke for itself and it was so freaking beautiful. I yeah. mean, the music videos, I mean, Smack My Bitch Up, that was like groundbreaking. All mm. of those like primal scream. It was like so many cool things that I was, oh God, I'm just like reminiscing to her. Like I remember I was doing a shoot with, Terry Richardson in the morning and I was booked I was doing Catherine Cedar Jones for the Oscars mm -hmm. and the stress of me getting mm -hmm. from one place you, you know that yeah. and she was waiting on me to put a wig on her and I, I thought <laughs> I was gonna have a fucking heart attack just getting <laughs> from one studio like those moments are just like yeah at the time you think you're gonna die mm. but then afterwards when everything just kind of like happens it's it's you look back and go that was quite that a was amazing and yeah. then just i was there at the oscars and she's on stage and she's performing and i'm thinking holy crap look at that you know yeah yeah there's That's a lot of work. yeah yeah britney spears i mean it's just like the have you worked with britney yeah yeah mm. i work with britney i work with britney quite a few i work with britney when she decided she liked to change her hair color every day right <laughs> oh god okay yeah yeah but bless her i mean wow what a what a story what a story man yeah. that's like a whole other yeah hopefully as well hopefully it like it's coming yeah out the other i side, really really it? hope so i really little really hope little. so because she's uh definitely needs you know her freedom and yeah. to be able to it's you know how it is it's funny because you kind of don't always remember what you've mm, done until yeah. you start talking about them and yeah, then it's yeah, all yeah. like Comes Don't you back. find as well, Maren, because people mm. always say to me, oh, who have you worked with that's famous? Yeah. I'm like, and then I just go blank. I know, it, me too, yeah. Because I also, I'm not one of those people that's a bit like, right, I've worked with so, so, no, so, so, no, so, so, so. No, no, same, yeah. To me, I go to work, yeah. the person's a yeah. person, if they're famous, they're famous, yeah. but if they're not, they're not, they're and not. I don't care either way. No. I do think, obviously, when you work with somebody that's very well known, yeah. you go in with a slight apprehension, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's about... I think some people have a real ego about who they've worked with, don't they? It's almost like the person they've worked with is sort of what defines them. But to it's, me, it's yeah. the hair that you do is what yeah. defines you, really. Yeah. Um, it's it's I, I just find it, too. Like, I, I really enjoy working with people that are open to creative ideas. Yeah. And sometimes when you work a lot with celebs, unfortunately, you have a lot of publicists yeah. and stuff like that in the way that stop the creative process because yeah. it's like no they can't do this they can't do that they can't like mm. all these and i wish that wasn't the case yeah. i wish that you could actually really just mm. and which in some cases you can of course i'm not saying it's all like that but yeah there's definitely that could be a bit of a, a of a of a blocker there was a way when they were saying oh you need to get a publicist before you're even famous right because the publicist will make you famous mm. i don't I, like i said i don't know where that stands right now because of yeah. this COVID. i have no idea like yeah. who knows but i mean i think it's interesting isn't it i mean publicists obviously have a place yeah and they do what they do but yeah. sometimes for us they get in the way depends who it is I yeah think, i totally it? depends who it is but like yeah. i said those um I work a lot with this one artist right now and I love her because she is just down for anything. Mm -hmm. She's like, if it looks cool and it's, she, I've made these almost like floor length long red wigs for her mm -hmm. because we're going to make her look like she's like, like in a, in a mental asylum, oh, like wow. long, you know, kind of like, I love that. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. You're like in heaven, <laughs> creative heaven, right? I'm like, oh my God. 
Potter, they go from like red to fire to all these things like that. Those kind of things are so much fun to do, but I wish I only did that all the time. Yeah. You know, mm. if I could just do that all the time, I'd be in heaven. But, yeah. I mean, it doesn't totally. really look like. So obviously we've yeah. gone through all the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you and I have talked. Yeah. On through email and stuff about this and we've had weird times with the pandemic. Yeah. Now we're sort of supposedly coming out of it now. What's next for Miranda Windland? Woodland? Woodland. What is next? I think I, I have a little bit of that attitude right now. I just throw shit to the wall or whatever sticks, sticks. You yeah. Know? I think, unfortunately, Neil, our industry has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean this in that, like, I'm getting older and life is different. It's like, of course, like, life evolves as it should mm-hmm. it needs to i just don't know if i really enjoy where everything is at right now mm-hmm. because like you you know we we were trained to be very good at what we do mm-hmm. and if you don't have that artist craft mm-hmm. you don't get recognition yeah and i think now because everything is like down to almost like social media level yeah and it's smaller images and images are not meant to last anymore yeah so therefore it's such a quick turnaround mm. so it doesn't really matter anymore yeah it's it's become very throwaway isn't yeah it? it's think. kind of like i sometimes feel like it's almost like our pictures it's almost like a tinder app you just swipe yeah. away yeah because totally. how long is it gonna last and I, yeah. do people really zoom in and look if mm. the hair had good texture or not? Like, <laughs> Probably not. You know, some do, some don't, yeah. but that's not where... Yeah. And then, of course, there's a world out there. I just think that there's going to be a... I think the cool kids are going to come back strong mm-hmm. and they're going to be cooler than ever. Mm. Because I think in this world that's with this lockdown, I do think a lot of creative people are brewing yeah you know and i think the underground movement that's going to mm. come out of this is going to be something we have haven't se- i mean i'm sure they had that back in like after the war maybe yeah 60s late 67 that whole like mm. movement i think there's going to be a really cool yeah. movement that's going to come out of it i was having a conversation with somebody the other day about this we were saying how you know like obviously our generation we didn't grow up with social media no and then it got introduced, and we were all a bit like, oh, shit, we better yeah. try and figure out what this yeah. is, yeah. especially as it became more and more popular. The generation that have grown up with it, yeah. it's become the thing where, you know, they're all obsessed and on their phones all the yeah. time. I don't know what gen they call that one. Gen is that Z. Gen Z? Yeah. But the younger generation, like the ones that are like your daughter's age, yeah. because they've grown up with it, or it yeah. was there straight away. Yeah, yeah. It feels like somebody was saying that it's almost like they are looking for the next thing. Oh, for sure. Because they're almost a bit like, oh, God, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. old people. Yeah. And when I say old, they're looking at like 25, 30 yeah. year olds yeah. going, they're old, yeah. are all doing this social media thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, because I, I, and it was a really interesting conversation that was had because it was like, wonder what they're going to do because they are almost going back to being creative again because they aren't so bothered about being on their phones and being immersed into this whole social media world, which I have to say, I mean, I think I got drawn in and it's very easy. And also I think, you know, for us, we were told that we had to use it to Mm -hmm. promote ourselves. But I'm like you, I hate the throwawayness of it. And it's the one thing that I miss 
with magazines and yeah. things like that. Whereas, yeah. especially when you did a shoot, you don't yeah. have to wait three wait. months. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously you still do, but once it's out, it's yeah. out. And everyone can see yeah. it. And they're yeah, like, yeah. so they've moved on. They're yeah. like, next. Next, And yeah. it doesn't, it almost feels like it doesn't have so much of an impression no, on people. No, no. And I don't buy magazines like I used to. I don't either. No, no. no. I used to. I used to. Re I remember when, like, you know, ID. Even when I was super fate, mm. where it was like pop magazine. When it, it was like the Bible, you would yeah. like wait for it to like Come you'd out. read it, yeah. page, and you'd look whatever. And like, yeah. In my storage, I've got almost every face magazine. Yes, I can imagine. Tons of IDs. Yeah, yeah. You know, loads of old Vogue yeah. and things. Yeah. Now, I think I buy a magazine if I've got work in it. Yeah. And that's yes, about it, yes, really. Yes. Just because I want to, I still like the idea of seeing it seeing in print. Seeing it in print, yeah. But no, apart I agree. from that, I don't. And, and you know, it's it's sad in a way. It makes me sad because, yeah. you know, I think what what's going to happen next? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so I think what I do, I just, like I said, I'm kind of open right now to whatever. Whatever happens is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that I've learned with this industry is, you know how they, I've had, and this has probably been one of my biggest struggles being a freelance artist, is not to take things personal. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, don't really know how people do it. Yeah. Because I do get affected by it still. Yeah. Because there is something about the rejection of it and you get excited and then yeah. you don't get it and you're, how can you not get take that personal? Of course. You know? Yeah. So... But I have gone a lot better with it because yeah. I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, well, well you get used to it. You do, you? yeah, yeah. That's and it's more thing. like it's more like now. So what if it's, if I I I've learned that if it's not meant to happen, it's not meant to happen. Yeah. You know, and you just gotta yeah. like you know let it go. I mean, I don't know about you though, but I still get pissed off when there's certain jobs I'm like, I really wanted to. Do yeah, that. me too. Me too, for sure. Why did they book me? Yeah, no, I, of yeah. course I do. I get super annoyed. Yeah, but I think that's just passion for what you do. I think it? so too, because I still have friends of mine are in the industry, and they're like, Miranda, why do you still care so much? Mm. I'm like, because that's just who I am. Yeah, I care. Yeah, I think that when the time when the day comes that I don't care anymore, yeah, it's time to get out of the kitchen. Yeah, it's funny because I just went home to my mom's recently, and I saw an old school friend of mine, obviously the same age as yeah. me, and. She was saying, how, I mean, she's had an amazing career. She was a photographer, but for the police. So she's photographed crime scenes. Oh. And, and then she went on to become, you know, a pharmacist. I mean, she's done so many so brilliant it, yeah. things. And she just said to me the day, I've decided, to, I've just handed in my notes. I'm giving it all up now. She went, I think I'm just done with having a career. And she's <gasps> yeah. like, my son's just had a baby and I'm going to become sort of like so, their nanny. Yeah. And I actually sat there going, sort of jealous. Yeah, no. <laughs> But at the same time, I don't think I'm ready to throw in the towel yet. No, I'm by nowhere, I'm not ready. But like I said, I have realized with myself how much I like hairdressing. Mm. I like being a hairdresser. Yeah. I like actually changing your appearance. You know what I mean? I like yeah. to do that. Or, or not just change your appearance, but I really like with women or men but mostly women where you can like take a person who with a little bit of a color a good cut a good chat you can really transform their whole everything everything how yeah. they look at themselves yeah. all of a sudden they might just like like themselves more mm. they feel more confident i really 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 like that part of it yeah and I, I do think as a hairdresser, it's one of the things you have to have. Is yeah. You want to, 
you have to have that passion to keep doing somebody's hair. Mm -hmm. And in effect, because I think even on a shoot, you know, when you're working on shoots and things, mm -hmm. even when you're working on whether it's a celebrity or a model, you sort of need to make them feel good. Yes, yeah, 100%. And I think, ultimately, I like the idea of making someone feel Somebody, good. Oh, for sure. Me too. Like you say, whether it's personal or just yeah. the way that they look, yeah. you know, whether it's aesthetic or more deeper than that. Mm -hmm. I just like the idea of making someone feel better yeah, and good. Yeah, for sure. And I think as a hairdresser, you genuinely have to like people. Yeah. And like you're saying, like this, you know, you like to talk to people or get yeah. a bit, get... It's like... I love people. Yeah. I love... I think people are the most interesting things We're of all. fascinating fuckers. So, <laughs> so fascinating. Yeah. And everybody's got something, you know, too. Mm. But one of the things that I think, like, it's, it's funny that somebody asked me once, how do you know what to do? Mm. And I always say, I always look at their shoes. And their shoes will tell me exactly... Hang on, what have I got? <laughs> I see, yeah, yeah you're yeah. funky. <laughs> no, but they will tell you pretty much how far you can push them. Yeah. How, oh, never you know, conservative before. they are. Yeah. How much of fashion follower they are. That's true. And actually. it really, yeah, yeah. Cool, I've learned a couple of new things from you today. I feel like I need to give you something back. No, but if you think about it, it's true. Yeah. By the way, yeah. for one, one other thing, uh, I've also signed us up for another job together. Oh, really? Because I was talking to Van Gavandra yeah. about whether her book would be turned into whether a series or a, yeah. a film. And she, yeah. she was like, I can't say too much, but there's talks. And I yeah. said, well, can Miranda and I be cameos <gasps> in yes. the salon yes. down in Knightsbridge oh my as God, the hairdressers? Yes. So I've signed us up for a bit of I acting. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And she said, yeah. That is so <laughs> well, good. Well, I forced her to say yeah, yes. Yeah, no, I everybody. love that. Yeah, Because yeah, I thought, yeah. God, how brilliant if we would... Well, we don't have to have a speaking part. No, we just stand there we're being all there, our hairdressers. Doing hair, yeah, do, yeah. which is what we do. Yeah. And I said, but it kind of makes sense because we were both there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I think she... I think Amanda actually also wants to do something and maybe in another book, I don't know what it would, she was talking about it, where she, it would be more us. Yeah. Like the sisters and the... Right. And you know, oh, that's interesting. yeah, because yeah. like I said, this book is her journey. Yeah, I have very small part in the book, it's more, mm. you know, and I think also as that should be because this was really her journey of when she realized that she couldn't remember mm -hmm. our, her sister's voice anymore. Yeah, and that's really what triggered the whole thing. Yeah, amazing that she was able to share that in such an honest way like mm. i said the, the the book is so it's heartbreaking it is well it's yeah. so honest yeah isn't yeah. it and i said that to her i was like it, the the honesty in it is yeah incredible yeah. i think that's what's resonated with so yeah. many people i think so too no, there's no bullshit around no, it whatsoever no. but this is also a thing i think that we mean to talk about that too it's like there is so much beauty in the dark but we are taught to learn that everything has to have happiness yeah you know what i mean which is kind of weird mm. because just because it's happy doesn't mean it's the truth yeah you know and if you could mm. just just take this dark story but then look at the outcome of it mm. which is happy yeah you're yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so yeah, totally yeah, no, I think it's going to be, whatever it turns out to be, mm. we'll be in it. We'll be in it. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely should be in it, but yeah, I've, I've 
Put my name down. Yeah, I love anyway. it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Miranda, thank you so thank you. much. It's been so thank great you. talking thank to you, you. and hearing you. your story as well. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, it's so different to to Gavandra's. Gavandra's. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's great that you're both happy to talk about it, mm-hmm. and also that we can celebrate both of your successes. Yeah, really, yeah. off the back of everything yeah. that you went through. So give you an applause. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Remember, my interview with Miranda's sister Gavandra is on the other episode released today. By the way, there is a unique podcast episode now available that has been filmed for my YouTube channel, Neil Moody, called Minding the Gap, Male Suicide Awareness. I'm talking with my guest, Tom Chapman, world-renowned barber and founder of the charity Lions Barber Collective, who specialises in training barbers and hairdressers to recognise mental health issues in clients. And my other guest is Rosie Tapner, model-turned-TV presenter who is the ambassador for well-being of women and children's air ambulance. We are discussing the importance of continuing to raise male suicide awareness, especially within certain communities where it's still a taboo subject. Series 1 and 2 of In Bed with Neil Moody are also available on all podcast platforms. And remember to subscribe to be notified of any up-and-coming episodes.